Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm, I'm good, thank you, Rob. How are you? How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. Look, I've got. Look what I've got. Oh, what's that? A mince pie. I know. And actually, I had a mince pie the other day. I had one from the bakery. So uh, was it, yes, was it, was my, it good? my loving husband bought me one. So I thought, yeah, he knows me well. <laughs> I like I might, the pies. I like the pies. <laughs> I might try and make some this year. Yeah, we usually do. I've got given Back on a little food again. <laughs> cheeky little shortbread, shortbread oh, kind of recipe. You know, I love shortbread as well. Hors d'oeuvre kind of size. I have one at work. It was almost like a cross between a kind of a pie and a biscuit. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So soft shortbread. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm, so I might give that Very nice. And the, and the decorations are going up next weekend. Yes, ours First are First weekend well. of December. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm not alone. I think that must be quite no, a common. It's quite late common. for us. That's really late for us. Normally we have them up on the 1st of December, but we've been so busy with work and our house uh, renovations. It's, uh, it's, yeah, we haven't had time, basically. Well, I mean, you know that I'm I always get excited when it's quiz time. It's quiz I'm, time. It's quiz time. But before we go on to quiz, should we just talk about some films we've seen? I haven't yeah. seen that many. I think the only one probably worth talking about is the latest Enola Gray. Enola Gray? No. Enola, Enola Holmes. Enola yeah, Holmes. I've seen that well, as well. Yeah. Enola Gray. I don't uh, know. Enola Holmes. <laughs> I, I thought I I really enjoyed the first one and yeah. yeah, I just, they're very watchable, aren't they? They're just very watchable. They they're are. Just enjoyable. It's, it's very Miranda-ish, the, the way that she talks to the camera. I find that quite funny. And I think she's she's great. Um, got a name. Millie Bobby Brown. That's the one, Millie Bobby Brown. So, yeah, and she's she's great in it. And Hen- Henry Cavill. Cavill. Or Henry Cav- Cavill. Henry Cavill? Or, that way as well. Superman. My, Superman. my teeth are not in my mouth tonight, obviously, so. He's, Superman, yeah, yeah, he's, he's good. I, I mean, I yes, Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, that's right. It. Yeah, good cast. Mum, good cast. Yeah. It is a very good cast, and that is on Netflix right now. Very good. That's all I've seen. I saw you've seen. I've seen a couple of stuff with the kids. So I've watched Spirited, with uh, which is kind of only released recently with Will Ferrell. He's the ghost of Christmas Present and Ryan Reynolds. He's a sort of hungry businessman and plays uh, Chris Brigg. And it's it's currently at the cinema as well as being on Apple Plus. And uh, it's a musical version of A Christmas Carol, but with a quite a good twist, really, focusing on a dark-souled Chris Brigg, so Ryan Reynolds, and it kind of struggled to convert him into a good soul, really. However, during the process of trying to convert him into a good soul, the ghost of Christmas present kind of reflects on his own life and what he was like in the living when he was alive uh, before he got converted as well. Converted? Is that the right word? I don't know. Anyway, um, and he has the opportunity to return to living and correct some of his wrongs. And it's got uh, Octavia Spencer in it as well, plays the exec assistant and a love interest in this film as well. I, I really liked it. We watched it last weekend and uh, we all really liked it. it was, it's You can't go wrong with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, really. They're just good, lighthearted people. And they they you know they're going to put that energy into their characters as well. So, yeah. And more and more, like, you know, these the film like Spirited crops up or other films that are coming out that you kind of, oh, I think I'll go and see that. 
and it's on Apple Plus. There's more and more yeah. stuff, isn't there, being added yep. to the yep. slate of Apple Plus. And I don't have Apple Plus, so I'm yeah. quite Yeah, temp- but you can I'm go to the cinema. You can. Yeah, go and watch it at the cinema with the kids. They'll, they'll probably like it. I got Apple Plus simply because I bought a new Apple device and you got three months Apple TV or Apple Plus with it. So, uh, and I've kind of stuck with it because there's some really good series like Slow Horses, um, The Shining, uh, Shining Girls is another one. Uh, there's quite a lot of really good TV series on, on Apple Plus. So I do recommend it. However, I haven't watched it for a while, but now I'm coming back to it because they're now releasing series twos of some of these great TV shows. Anyway, it's the quiz time. Oh, okay. Come on. Okay. On, so my, so my, my quiz is very, very made up and it's, it's got a bit of Christmas in there. It's got a bit about the characters, not characters, but the actors that are in these films that we've just watched. So a real mixed bag. Okay. Ready for it? Yeah. Go on then. Five questions coming up. Are you ready? I am ready. Good. According to Time Out, what is the top Christmas movie of all time? What's it called? Oh my god! No, it's a Wonderful Life. Very good. Ding. Oh, One point. And number two was Die Hard, and three was Gremlins, and four was Elf. Believe it number or not, three yeah. was Gremlins. Was number yeah, three. No, I know. Check I was thinking I haven't seen Gremlins for a long, long time. Might have to watch that. Uh, number two. Now, do tell me if I'm not pronouncing. I'm going to have to get this right later anyway. Timothy Chalamet. Shamayamalam. Shamayamalam. Yeah, him. Uh, <laughs> featured in Bones and All. He's performed with two actresses twice in June, Lady Bird and Little Women. Can you name the two actresses? Social Roman. Yeah. What are the films again? June. Lady Bird, Little Women. Oh, that one in June. So there is she, this, Ronan. She he performed. She's like, is she like the mother person in June? No. Oh, I don't think I'm going to get that one. Florence Pugh. Oh, I wouldn't have got that one either. Mm. Florence Pugh was in June. Little yeah, Women. was she in June? Yeah, I'm sure she was in June. I know. I just can't. I can't remember. I can't remember. Let me just double check in case I'm. Uh, uh, no, no. In I'm case sure I got it wrong. I just couldn't remember. Let sure. me just double check. June. Oh no! Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. No, I was completely wrong. It's Zendaya. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh. I got it. <laughs> So I'm that... sure he's been in with Florence Pugh in another film. I don't know what. Anyway, you got it right. You got it right. You got um, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Saoirse Ronan. So I, so I get uh, you got one. it right because okay. I got it, I got it wrong. Excellent. So there so you go. <laughs> Come on, number three. No, number three. Hot Fuzzes. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost performed in four films together. I think that's right. Can you name three others? Other than Hot Fuzz. Oh, okay. So Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Paul. I'm assuming he was in World's End, but I've only seen World's End once. But on the basis he was a Shaun of the Dead, I'm going to say World's End. Yes, The World's okay. End is correct. Now, question four. Which film was released first? Was it Paul or The World's End? World's End. Released first. Yeah. Okay. It's Paul. That's a good somewhere. Okay. But you're still three out of four so far. Pretty okay. good. 
Next one, number five, Mark Rylance starred in Bones and All as well. What two Steven Spielberg movies has he performed in? There are actually three, but there's two that I've, you know. Yeah, so he was in BFG and he was in Ready Player One. I think he was in Ready Player One. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. And Bridges Spies was the other one that you could yeah. have had. There you go. Four out of five. Four Look out at five. You. Which one did I get wrong then? Oh, Paul. The, uh, the, Paul. the, the release, oh, yeah, release date. Okay. But I think, right. to be honest, you did very well there. Thank you very much. So which ones are we going to go focus on now first? I don't mind. I mean, we could sing as we're on the subject of pop buzz. We could kick off Let's with pop buzz. Kick off with the oldie. Sergeant Angel and Danny Butterman. Right, so Hot Fuzz, released in 2007, directed by Edgar Wright, written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, who obviously also stars in it, alongside Nick Frost, and a whole host of other well-known names from the kind of acting and comedy world. So we've got Martin Freeman, Jim Broadbrent, Olivia Coleman, Paddy Considine, Bill Nye, Bill Bailey, Steve Coogan... Um, Edward Woodward pops up. We've got Timothy Dalton even in there, Adam Buxton. So this is the second of the Cornetto trilogy. So this came after Shaun of the Dead and before The World's End. And we have Hotshot, High Achieving, By the Book, London, Super Cop, Nicholas Angel, Simon Pegg, um, who is about to be made sergeant, he's about to be promoted, but instead of getting that plum job in London, he's reassigned to this very sleepy, backward, West Country, village of the year, Sanford. And so first night he arrives there, he finds himself in the pub, Everyone who's drinking there appears underage. He can't help himself. He IDs them all. Before you know it, he's rounding up half of the village, putting them behind bars, uh, including a guy called Danny, played by Nick Frost, for drink driving, only to find out that when he turns up the next morning, Danny, who is actually Danny Butterman, the son of Angel Superior, is actually a policeman himself. So we've got Butterman, who runs the police station, his son, Danny, who ends up being Angel's uh, partner, and a whole motley crew of oddball characters, kind of inspired by, I suppose, old school TV and film cop dramas. And they're all set in their archaic ways. So, yeah, uh, we've got the likes of, I mentioned some of them before, Olivia Coleman, Bill Bailey, Rafe Spall's in there, Paddy Constantine. So Danny ends up, as I say, as Angel's partner, and together they find themselves on the trail of this grisly set of murders by this mysterious, dark, hooded figure wielding an axe. Um, And starting with the murder of a local Amdram couple, Um, And so as these murders start to pile up, of course, Angel's straight on it, but he's completely baffled as to why everybody in the police force just dismisses these murders as purely non-related accidents. And it's all very suspect. Lots of very kind of strange villagery characters. Um, And he's he's completely stumped until he sees a connection with the local NWA group, no, not the band NWA, Neighbourhood Watch Alliance, which is, as I say, made up of all the village busybodies and hierarchy, including a very suspicious supermarket owner played 
deliciously over the top by Timothy Dalton, who, of course, in another life uh, was James Mr. Bond. Bond. Mr. Um, Bond. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. Wright wanted to do this film because he felt that although the buddy cop drama was really well established in Hollywood, there really wasn't kind of that well represented in cinema in the UK. So as I say, it's packed with homage to 80s cop dramas, 90s cop dramas, Bad Boys 2, Point Break, which we actually uh, reviewed ourselves. All the typical razor-like crash zooms, whip pans, you know, loud soundtrack that Edgar Wright is famous for. Follow up to Shaun of the Dead, which did so well, they got free reign, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, to kind of do whatever they wanted with this. Um, and that first film was so cherished and so well-loved. We have Jim Broadbent, who who requested to be in this film. And there's even a couple of cameos. Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. uh, is in here, and also Lord of the Rings director Peter Jackson's in there. So see if you can yeah. spot those two, if you can. For me, there's little about this not to like. What did you think, Sarah? I've watched this about three times now. The first time at the cinema, then it went onto DVD. So I watched that when it came out. And then I've not seen it for a while. And there was parts of it that when I watched it on DVD, that kind of annoyed me a little bit. But um, I have to say, I laughed out loud through most of this film, watching it again for the third time, to be honest, because there, there's just so many funny moments. And, and, and I think a lot of it, being a country bumpkin myself, a lot of it resonates <laughs> with me as well. Not me being in those characters, but, you know, I could just see some of those characters being in, in my village. Timothy Dalton, oh, he played it so well, Skinner. It freaked me out, actually. He's quite a sinister smile that he has constantly. Doesn't I don't think there's ever a moment where he doesn't have that smile, even when he's being accused of things. That smile is on his face, and it's just, it's hideous. It's horrible. And ever since I watched the film, <laughs> I keep seeing these weird carrots, these people, an elderly gentleman in the corner of my eye that I think is like the silver, the golden statue man. <laughs> With a smiley face, I, I, twice now I've walked down the road and thought, "Oh, it's the st- golden statue man looking at me." It's really odd, really eerie. Obviously, they're not in gold, but they uh, they've got a very similar look about them. I don't know what it is. It's really odd. Edgar Wright is a bit of a genius, I have to say. He's he's witty comedy, fast, really fast paced, uh, which is uh, with some of his uh, shots and and great storylines as well. And he's. I don't think I've seen him do anything since last night in Soho, which I found actually in that um, Matt, Matt Smith was pretty freaky and, and sinister in that as well. And he just kind of takes these guys um, that are, you know, well-established in the industry and turns them into something really sinister and they're, they're not normally. Uh, so completely different characters for, for, for them. And um, I have to say my favourite, Edgar Wright film is probably still stands as Baby Driver at the moment with uh, Ansel Elgort and and great music in that as well. And there is some cool music also in this film as well. It's um, very British. I've already said that I love that it resonates with um, the goings on in the, in the country village lifestyle. It's shot in Wales. I've been to Wales before. I had a good look around I love the fact that the older community were actually really the bad guys here and all they really wanted to do is make their village the best. And I read on IMDb, the judges for the best kept village competition at the end of the film were played by Peter Wilde and the mothers of Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. So they brought their own family in to play play this as well. 
Yeah, and I love the tributes to Bad Boys Two and and to Point Break as well. It's bringing in some of those uh, those comedy cheesy moments in those films uh, to to life in in this film also. I mean, it actually cost eight million to make, pretty low budget really, and uh, eighty million worldwide gross. So it it did pretty well. We got got money back from it, and yeah, there's not much to dislike really. Um, I think I enjoyed it even more the third time watching it than I have done done previously. And also just seeing some of the the actors and actresses, Olivia Coleman, for example, she's very famous now and playing the role that she did in, when was this released? It was released in... Uh, 2007. Oh, 2007, gosh. So seeing what she's doing today is is just, you know, it's great to see some of these actors and in, in kind of where they started from. I know she was performing much before that, more probably TV series and things like that, but now seeing her on the big screen all the time is is, is very different. So yeah, I loved it. I really did. I really enjoyed it. It's just hard not to like it. That there's a scene in this that just always gets me, which is when they're jumping over the fences. Which I think, which which yeah. um, sure they're dead. They do. exactly. Do that, apparently, it's in all of the the, the, the fence skit. Apparently, is in World's right. End as well. I'm not so familiar with World's End. I think I saw it once, but I'm not sure if I was really watching it properly all the way through. Yeah, that gets me every time that Nick Frost, you know, uh, running towards a fence instead of jumping over it, he just crashes through it. It's such a simple gag, but just gets me Mm. every single time. I I think you're right. Olivia Coleman, she doesn't have a lot to do. No, but she's funny in it as well. She's funny. And Olivia Coleman also, if you remember, she was in some quite early comedy tv series as well yeah she was in um green wing and some other maybe a fast train but you forget just how how funny she is like she doesn't have many lines but she's the way her delivery is just amazing yeah and and you're right that smile of timothy dalton it's incredible isn't it it's like creepy yeah really very creepy really creepy the role apparently was written for him and so obviously luckily it was great that he took it but I think seeing him in it, I thought I thought he was probably even maybe the best character actually. Um, because you're right, I think it's, it's obviously knowing him. I mean, I know he's obviously done more than James Bond, but very much seeing him like mm. play against type, as it were, was really enjoyable. Yeah. I think sometimes you can see that this is quite low budget, but because Edgar Wright is just so technically, he he's so good at taking, you know, relatively straightforward footage, but the way in which he weaves it all together in a very, you know, with all that to say, like his typical panache with sound effects on cuts and all this stuff, it it just works so well. Um, I've been to Wells as well. I went to a wedding there, in, and I think it was actually at the Swan. It's actually called the Swan in the film. So it's always quite cool, isn't it? That you you said it as well, you know it. And like when you when you know somewhere, especially when it's such a small little place, so Edgar Wright grew up in Wells and there were some other, apparently they were they were looking at potentially doing it in Stone in the World and I think another place, but they ended up doing it in Wells. But when they were filming there, they actually, Nick, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, there were times when the locals actually thought they were genuine policemen and were asking them questions and stuff. So eventually I think they just went along with it, um, which I thought was quite amusing. But yeah, I, I also like the fact that even though you know, it's not a massive budget. Some of the deaths, particularly the death of um, Jim Messenger, played by Adam Buxton, who you know, who's one of the murder victims, 
he was standing underneath the cathedral and yeah something falls off the cathedral ends up in quite yeah. a grisly death but the way they did that it's all just very well done it's quite clever yeah. that they don't do anything too adventurous with the stunts i suppose yeah. but the way in which it all comes together i think it's just yeah. you know the dialogue's so quick and ah, it's great i loved yeah. it and i love all yeah. the references I'm... i love nick frost i think he's great yeah and how that guy died i'm sure it's I'm sure I don't know whether you've seen The Omen. I'm sure there's a scene in that where somebody dies with a spire or something. I think you're right. I think I remember it's watching Damien, the Omen. Damien Damien from yes. The Omen. Yeah. He died like that right. as well. So they've copied they copied quite a lot from other films. Yeah. Which is quite funny. But I, lo- I just love when the the elderly members of the of parish council or whatever make a comeback and at the end. But um uh, I'm not gonna uh, say anymore because it'll give it away. It was just hilarious how out comes all the weaponry. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's not a huge um, giveaway to say yeah. that there's their cool shoot-up scene in this, which is yeah. it just, yeah, just yeah. priceless, yeah, very cool. isn't it? And the door opens at the right time for, for the oh, the lady with the bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> lady with the bike with all the weapons. Yeah, and the she reverend knows. and the reverend as well. I mean, like you say, thinking about it now, it is very clever, isn't it? To take a sleepy little village and, like you say, the, the kind of more elderly characters and completely yeah. flip them on their Just heads. So it's well very choreographed. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. I am going to give this. Oof. It's probably one of the better comedies. Let's just say. I think. I think I'm going to give this nine, nine and a half. Wow. Actually, because I thought it was. I thought it was. It's up there, definitely, with one of the the best comedies films. I think so. Yeah, I'm going to give it nine and a half, but not quite ten for me. I'm going to give it nine. Mm, there uh, you go. Because you're right. It's, it's funny. The more you think about it, the more you think it has to be right up there with comedies. Yeah. Actually. It's just so, so British. It's funny. It's yeah, so yeah. British. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Next one. Good grief. Bones <laughs> and all. Good grief. What was this all about? Hey. Right. Listen to this. So I watched this film on my own, Rob, thinking this is going to be a nice romantic film. Having read up on IMDb, Marin, a young woman learns how to survive on the margins of society. A story of first love between Marin, a young woman learning how to survive on the margins of society. This is the second one. And Lee, an intense and defranchised drifter as they meet together for a thousand-mile odyssey. It goes on. It doesn't mention cannibalism or anything like that, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. But to me, no. you're right. And I was, I was, I have to be honest, I had a similar... Did you know? I had, well, in the trailer, <laughs> in the trailer, I don't think I watched it like I was fully engaged. I think I came away from the trailer thinking, oh, all that road movie heartfelt stuff, nice landscapes and music. I do remember seeing a a scene in the trailer with blood on someone's shirt, but I think I must have mm. just discarded it. But mm. I went with my sister mm. and we was and I kind of described what I knew, much like we thought it was gonna be. And so oh, I should oh I'll come along. And we were sat there. You would have seen the same trailers that we saw and some of them, of course, were horror trailers. Which I didn't get. I was thinking, why have they got these trailers on? I know. And but, I actually, I but actually, when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to actual the screen the before screen, the film starts, precisely. I, I 18 said, 
gore and horror. What well, it's gore and violence. <laughs> it's gore and violence. And before and that, violence, when these, when it, these yeah. trays were happening, I, I looked at my sister and I said, "Don't worry, it, it's not like this." And then you're right, the certificates, violence and gore, and we just looked at each other and I was thinking, "Hmm." Um, but anyway, it's not quite as straightforward as that, though, is it? It's not. Anyway, mm. I'll, I'll stop. You, you, you go ahead. Well, so I saw that it. and I thought, uh oh, hang on, I'm on my own in this on a Friday at lunchtime. Not many people in the cinema, apart from one person, an elderly man that looked like the golden. <laughs> no, you know, not the golden one from the Hot Fuzz, but it's this. This guy must have read exactly the same thing as me. It's completely not the type of film you would think this 70, 80-year-old man would want to watch either. So I kind of thought, <laughs> is this man, has he passed away at the cinema or has, is he actually wanting to watch this film? Because I'll tell you a bit later what happened. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, yeah, but... I really should have looked at more closely probably at the title. Bones and all kind of tells it, says it all really, doesn't it? Oh, yes. God. So the first scene I thought, okay, Marin is a, is a school girl. She's attracted to a, a sc- her school friend who's invited her to her house. The next minute at, at a friend's house, uh, she's eating a finger. This is right at the start. And then boom, it goes bones and all. <laughs> And so I'm like going, okay, she runs home. She's shocked. Single dad who lives with Marin um, goes, oh, no, not again. Takes her to this hideout in the middle of nowhere. And and, uh, they they put the state uh, initials, don't they, Um, each place they go to. And leaves her there with a birth certificate, a fake one, because it says she's 18 and I think she's under 18 anyway. Um, And highlights where her mother's, where her mother lives, really. Because her mother's not lived with her for many years, so Marin gets wants to go and find her mother, and uh, who may have similar cannibalistic traits as her. And on her way, she meets Mark Rylance, who plays a character called Sully, who could smell her apparently from about half a mile away, <laughs> which is quite disturbing in itself. He was quite eerie; he's kind of like Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins style. I felt. Um, and he takes her to her house, which obviously she willingly goes to there. And like, yeah, okay, very innocent kind of girl Marin was at the same time. But um, it's, it's not his house. It's an older lady's house that's obviously had a heart attack or something. It's still alive. And then once she passes away, they could both smell that she's died. And then they have tea together, basically. <laughs> and then... Um, Marin moves on and meets Lee in the supermarket and the journey continues on to find her mum. And do you know what? I'm going to confess. I went to the toilet and I didn't return. No. <laughs> no, you're joking. You're joking. You didn't, you didn't come uh, back. First time I've ever done that. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I got I got to see the bit where she met her mother, and then I thought, no, I've had enough now. I'm sorry. And I've watched Walking Dead, and I've watched, you know, gory things, but I've not seen humans, live humans, eat other live humans or dying humans. So the, it disturbed me quite greatly. But you got quite a long way. I mean, I did, and I nearly. A... I, th- I thought it did put me off my my nachos and cheese. I have to say. <laughs> 
I, I didn't eat much of them. <laughs> so if you if you want to go on a diet, this might be a good film to watch. <laughs> oh my god, this is a so first. yes, I'm intrigued, Rob, what, about your uh, your thoughts on the film. Oh my goodness! Well, first of all, I I mean I I actually said to my sister. As we walked out. I'm so sorry. I said, well, <laughs> apart, we were both a bit like, oh, wow. Well, that's yeah. that's something, isn't it? And when we were walking out, I said, I think Sarah might have a problem with this. Um, <laughs> but and I must admit, it did. I did go through my mind. I did think. I think there's a possibility she she may she may have I woke abandoned, up. she may have abandoned it. I can't believe you know me too I, well. I, so I, I, I think I I think this is the only film I've done this. Well, I can I and I can and I I can understand that because it's quite it is quite shocking, um, and I think yeah, if if you're not. It is very, it's very graphic, those scenes. What I, I suppose, what I found appealing about it, there's, there was lots of creepy stuff. The character of, <clears throat> the character of Solly, super mm. creepy. In actual fact, mm. I, I mean, I think he's one of the creepiest characters yeah. I think I've ever seen on film. Um, I mean, obviously played brilliantly because Mark Rylance is brilliant. But I mean, so unsettling. Mm. You, you don't really quite know what what he's going to do next. Um, the the acting obviously was all, and I'm sure you'll you know you, you you'll recognise that, won't you? I mean, the acting was very good. The production was very good. I thought it was quite intriguing. The scene where she bites her friend's finger comes out of the blue. It is so jarring and so shocking. And when you see her run out of the house back mm. to where, you know, back to the kind of caravan or trailer park, wherever she's living with her single dad, and she comes in and like you say, the dad says, oh, my God, you've done it again. Then it's like, ah, oh, OK, so dad knows about this. OK, mm. this is kind of, I suppose, well, this is not, again, not what I was expecting. And yeah. And then before you know it, he's washed, he's kind of, Washed his hands of her. I mean, not quite like that because we learn that he's he leaves a he leaves a tape tape, yeah. which is you know acts as it's, kind of yeah yeah. It's set a, in the eighties, isn't it's it? Set so. in the eighties, and she listens to this tape, and it slowly starts to you know we we learn about her past as as uh, as she does listening on the tape because it's a recording from her father who can't just can't handle looking after anymore because you know she has to feed. Um, and she has this affliction and I call it an affliction because I think that's what the film tries to do yes it's super gory and maybe if they'd toned that down it would have been slightly easier to take because in between the those elements of the film I mean, it is as it says on IMDb. Yeah, it's some quite sweet moments, yeah. yeah it, it, is a, it is a kind of like, you know, a, a, a love story, coming of age, drift a road trip. You mm. know, it, it is that. And when you're just in those moments, it feels like a very, very different film. You almost get settled into those parts of the film. But when they have to, you know, feed again, and, and you... 
it's so shocking. It just, you know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. takes you, it's almost like two genres for me, mm. kind of, well, it's like, it's like this love story drama punctuated every now and again by these absolutely horrific horror like scenes that no, almost as soon as you've got through those, the gear change just falls back into this heartfelt drama with beautiful landscapes. And so it's, it was, it was kind of, it, it was kind of intriguing as well as horrifying and, and going yeah, quite hard yeah. to watch. I mean, she was quite a sweet girl, really, Marin, apart from <laughs> her cannibalistic traits, but she generally was seemed just, it was like a coming of age film. Yeah, I agree with that. I did find it quite, I was intrigued to know what was going to happen next after the first scene, definitely. It's almost a bit like when you see Scream or you see uh, The Terminator as uh, starting points and then the the title comes up or whatever. So it it got me, engaged me. But then, you know, when we met Mark Rylance, I was, yeah, and I did quite hard. And I totally totally get that. I mean, personally, I like the film because it was just so different and out there. But those scenes were so creepy and horrific. And Mm. I genuinely, just like you, found them difficult to Mm. watch. Well, I I... think also it didn't help me being on my own and having a strange guy. (laughs) Seriously, I don't think it was his type of film. That's why I thought, I think he might have passed away. Oh, my what? He looked like he'd passed away. I couldn't see his eyes open or anything like that. Did you? It was. Did you no, kind of no, check or report I just this? Ran out the, I ran out the. You just the, ran. Uh, the oh my god! I can't believe it! I can't believe it! Ah, uh, uh, it's just it was just unusual for him to be on his own watching that kind of film. I just thought it was a bit odd. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, well, I, I'll have to tell you how it finishes. Obviously, not on the podcast, but yeah, I mean, no. it's. Yeah, and also it's intriguing because they set up very early on the film. You know, when Marin meets Solly, Solly obviously recognises she's a feeder and, like you say, you know, because he can smell her because he's, you know, he's so much, you know, this is a guy in his whatever, what do you reckon, 50, no, 60s probably. I don't know, late 50s, 60s. He looks really, he looks really odd. He's, he speaks in a really odd way, shifty eyes. He he claims that he's, you know, it's like a golden rule of feeders not to kind of eat each other is the first thing he kind of says to her because she's a teenager and she's young. She doesn't really, she's never met anyone else like her. You know, she's very aware that is this guy to be trusted. And so whilst, you know, once she has had <laughs> tea with him, she scarpers because I think, she actually doesn't trust him and he catches up with her later in the film yeah i thought Um, he might (laughs) yeah and he he, he natural yeah as i say he's he's really very 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 disturbing Mm. um and i think because it sets up quite early on this whole thing about well you know it's that golden rule type thing a feeder doesn't eat a feeder it almost stays with you so you have mm. these scenes where she meets, they meet people on the way who are feeders. And mm. there's one particular scene where Lee and Marin, they meet these two guys in this kind of camping area in the forest and 
they're ones like a complete redneck with another guy and we're not really one of them claims they're a feeder and they're kind of mates and they sit around the campfire and it's all very tense like it's like are these two suddenly going to attack Marin and Lee or are they actually who you know that are, are they all going to respect this whole thing and and that that kind of that it leaves you wondering what is the ultimate fate going to be mm. of Lee and Marin themselves because they're both feeders but they're they're falling in love um so yeah uh, and the scene where she catches up with her mother yeah that was disturbing as well i mean that that was actually that was that was almost something that did feel like out of a horror film you might have seen or a psychological type horror film you might have seen you know like going into a kind of an infirmary or a psychiatric unit and seeing some elderly person who's lost it she, you know and then suddenly whatever that that is all it yeah so, so it's this i suppose it's this intriguing mix of incredibly mm. unsettling these short moments of incredibly horrific cannibalistic scenes this with this strange kind of creepy undercurrent but at the same time these stretches of the film, which are actually just a really nice heartfelt drama with yeah. these two yeah. incredible with these two incredible actors, young yeah. actors, and they really yeah. are going to be. I mean, there's I mean Timothy Chalamet already and Taylor, uh, and Taylor Russell. She, she's fantastic. I mean, so, but yeah, so so that's what kept me hooked the whole way. Yeah, really. but I I think it didn't need to have the cannibalism bit. It could have just been that she did something upset that girl at the start and then he sent her on her way and left her because he had enough it didn't have to be cannibalism could have been something else that was you know well, maybe a bit dark but yeah, not but as the- bad not as dark not really as dark as that and then well, you know mark Ryland still could have been there and he could have could have still been a, a, an evil person i just didn't think they needed that element to it that that they just went one notch too far, in my opinion. Potentially, I think they've gone one notch too far to to actually aid, potentially alienate more of a mainstream audience. And I think there's yeah. an argument to say we didn't have to see in graphic. We didn't have no. to almost see no. what happened. If we yeah. didn't see it, and we didn't have those, oh my god, those really horrific moments, then mm. maybe mm. it would have been more palatable for for more people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. But I mean, it's getting good reviews. It's got seven point three on IMDb, so there's some cannibal fans out there, <laughs> and it's got four out of five on, on Empire as well. So yeah, I think, and and, be- and and it's up there for awards. I mean, but you can see why that is because the performances are so strong. So, what are you going to give it? Uh, well, this is a tricky one because in a weird way it's not a film I'm, i don't think i'm ever going to watch again because because of what we've just talked about because they're not there's, there's probably only three or four of these scenes we're talking about they're, they're full on i still really really like the, the rest of it so mm. i think i'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten Ooh, that's actually quite high higher than i, thought, I, I, I yeah, don't yeah. think there's I, I think mark rylance that character of solly is unbelievable mm. i can imagine what's going to happen next so i'm going to share what i think happened you can tell me at the end okay after. 
right. obviously we won't share with with our listeners. I think you're right. There was some great acting. There's some nice bits. I just don't think they needed to bring in the cannibalism piece. Um, I I actually probably preferred it than Don't Worry, Darling. Um, strangely, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it seven out of ten. It was well acted. It was well acted, and actually, it's quite funny because Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet, Chalamet. <laughs> His hairdo, I know it's supposed to be 80s, actually he could wear that hairdo today. It's, it was almost like there wasn't much difference from the 80s to, to today. No, I know what you With mean. Some of their dress, what they it were wearing. All, it, it was almost Very like, Harry Styles, what he was wearing. Yes, it was almost like, let's make 80s look cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. That just sums it up. That mm. you so have it's got to leave. something. Yeah, but you, I had just to leave, you had to leave before the end, and you've still given it. You still. I know. Res- uh, I think it's also the it. creepy guy in the in the cinema that did my head in. It's like I can't, can't, I can't go. I'm going to be chopped up into pieces. I can't believe <laughs> that you that we don't know what happened to him. You and you just left, and he he could. I ran. He, I did run out as soon as I went. Have... You know when you go down the stairs. And you go down this little corridor. I actually ran because I thought, well, if he is a bit odd, I don't want to be around him, so I'm going to peg it. I don't think you're ever going to forget seeing this film as a result of this little Mm, episode. I hope he was okay. Well, I was going to say, if he wasn't like a complete psychopathic maniac, let's hope he was all right. Imagine if he was a really nice old guy yeah. who just looked a bit sleepy and he sees you just suddenly <laughs> out of the cinema. <laughs> oh, I, I actually, uh, to be honest, I walked out when it was actually fairly calm, but I just oh, okay. thought, do yeah. I really want to go back in? And I thought, yeah. No, no, it's a strange no. man, and the film's a bit odd, a bit weird. But yes, anyway, it was gripping in places. There so, you go, intriguing. There you go. I mean, it's intriguing, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so new film, new, new film. film. What did we say we we're going to do? Forgotten now. Violent forgotten. Night. There Violent you go. Night. So this was a movie that was in one of the trailers, <laughs> and it was yes. the only one that I could that I said, "Oh, that is quite Ooh. good fun." Yeah, and it's yeah. the um, guy from uh, Hop, the guy who plays Hopper, isn't it? In Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, David Harper. There, there you go. And yeah, it just looks like a kind of anti-Father Christmas fun action film. So here we go. When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day. And Christmas. I'm glad that we picked this because I thought I actually won't mind, wouldn't mind coming to watch that. Yeah. So that's at cinemas for which date again? So that's being released on the second of December. Of but December. given it's Christmas, that hopefully should be hanging around for two or three weeks. And yeah. hopefully this time you manage to stay to the end of the film. <laughs> hopefully, maybe I should go with someone this time as well. So <laughs> that, that would be an idea. <laughs> Right, okay, so it's it's my turn to give you a genre. Keep mine, yeah. I picked out Adventure. Adventure, okay. How many adventures have you got? Oh, adventures, not many. <laughs> Strange, I think we've watched quite a few of them. I have 21. Okay, so instead of me picking a number, you choose the one you feel like you want to watch. Me, right, I think... Which I've not seen for a very long time. It's one of two. So which one would you like to watch out of these two? Okay, I like this. I get a choice. Yeah. 
say, and you may go, oh, no. The Last of the Mohicans. Oh, a cracker. Yeah? Yeah, or Cold Mountain. Last of the Mohicans, please. Okay. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. I've seen that for a very long time. Those are two two crackers. I, I think it's only because it's... I've only saw Last of the Mohicans once, and, and it was a long time ago. So that's why I think I was more intrigued with that one. So... Here we go. Last of the Mohicans, 1992. Three trappers protect the daughters of a British colonel in the midst of the French and Indian War. And as Sarah says, of course, this is Daniel Delus, Madeleine Stowe, um, are the, are mm-hmm. the two main, are the two main stars in it. And it, well, actually, no, it won an Oscar, but not for Best Actor, surprisingly enough, but just for uh, Best Sound. So where can we watch it? It's streaming on Netflix and now cinema, and you can rent and buy from all other channels, all on-demand platforms. And in case people need to know, it's an hour and 52. Not too bad. It's under that two-hour mark, mm-hmm. which I like. Um, natural fact, if I'd had to guess how long this film was, I would have said it was longer, so I'm quite pleased yeah, about that. Yeah, bit of a, it's a bit of a um, – it's in the same era as, like, Dance of the Wolves, isn't it? yeah. That kind of vibe. 1992, this is. Yeah, that's good. Michael Mann film. Yes, that's right, Michael Mann. Very different to Violent Night. So another couple of films that are very different. So looking forward to that. (laughs) I, you know, I'm off to pay a visit to a relatively new little independent cinema in our local town called the Biscuit Factory, which I'm looking forward to testing that one out. Yeah. Are you going to watch this film there or are you going to... No, I'm not. I'm going to see After Sun, which is a film which is getting very good reviews. Mm. It's starring Paul Mescal, who was obviously well known for that, you know, for the BBC drama Normal People, which came out of the COVID. This is more of a heartfelt drama between a father and daughter. And it, yeah, just seems right up my street. So I've seen that tomorrow. So I'll let you know about that one. Yeah, that'd be great. I've not Um, been there, actually. No, no, and also there's an everyman cinema that's opened up again not far from us, which I haven't been to, which I'd like mm. to go to as well. Get more and more choices. That more in town near the our local train station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're being very cryptic here, aren't we? We are. We are. Uh, no, this is in this is in a town called Wokingham. All right. Yeah. Just <laughs> okay. thought I'd get straight not, to it. Not there's near no, there's local no need train to be station. so cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, thank you. Um, very odd film <laughs> watch, but it's uh, it had some some charm to it as well. I can't believe we've, and, had, uh, we've yeah. had our first walkout. We've had our first walkout. It's, <laughs> I, I can't believe you're going to challenge me with another, aren't you? <laughs> what will Sarah walk out? In? I I was quite. I thought I was being quite brave actually that I walked out as well. Well done. Well done. I've only ever walked out of one man that, that was Les Miserables because I just, I don't know why. I just didn't care. You walked out of Les Miserables. Yeah, I know, it's weird, it. isn't it? I just wasn't in the oh, mood Oh, that for was it. great film. Great yeah. film. Mm. Probably yeah. on my my musical list. Is it? Okay. I don't know, actually. I can't remember. Anyway, it's a late night. It is a late night. Um, but next time that we're on, we'll be on the full-on run up to Christmas. So I reckon to accompany my mince pie, there might even be a mulled wine. Let's just see. Yeah, we, we should do uh, Christmas pickings as well. What we're looking forward to watching over Christmas. Yeah, we could do that. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you mentioned Gremlins there. I watched Gremlins uh, yeah. last year with my son. 
And it was a riot. It was really funny and like <laughs> quite borderline. It's actually kind of a bit more inappropriate than you may remember. But I right. it's interesting that you say time was it Time magazine or some yeah. magazine had it number three. Time That's out incred- time out. It's incredible. Yeah. So a lot of people would probably forget that it was a kind of a Christmas film completely. Yeah, I know, I know. I thought Elf would be higher up actually. Yeah. Well I would or recommend, holiday. recommend Gremlins, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, that's for next time. Absolutely. We'll have a lovely week. And I'm and... going to stay on and you're going to tell me the ending. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't going to have to. But, but, but and we, I'm going to we, guess we, what we happened. Won't, we won't be sharing that with people at home. No, no. Uh, go and watch it. It's just me. I'm a big wuss. So go and watch the film. <laughs> All right. See you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Come on, then. Right, I reckon. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I reckon Mark, why not? Sorry. Sorry.